Hello and welcome to the Pixel Classroom Podcast, the podcast about passion, innovation, X-Factor, enthusiasm, and leadership in education. I'm your host, Ryan Reed, business and technology teacher. You can listen to the Pixel Classroom Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If you like what you hear, please think of subscribing to the podcast and please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Well, welcome to episode six here for December 2019 and happy holiday listeners. Decided to get one last interview uh, in here before the new year. So I have a real treat for you to, to kick off 2020 here. So today in the Pixel Podcast, we have a very special guest star. She is a fellow high school teacher with over 15 years in education. She's a technology integration specialist, slam poetry writer, and one of the most productive creative people I do know. Her website, Tech Chef, is an amazing resources for technology, journaling, and culture, and she is the author of Creatively Productive and Cultivating Communication in the Classroom. Just got my copy. It'll be here just before the new year. And she is currently available, that is currently available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And I would like you also the Journal Like a Pirate uh, co-producer here. Welcome the tech chef for you herself, Lisa Johnson to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Hello and welcome, Lisa. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I, I can't say that I have anything to do with a journal like a pirate other than um, <laughs> sharing out those resources. And, and I just, I love journals and planners and all those things. So I'll definitely be working with Dave and, and kind of promoting ways to use that tool and, and all of that good stuff. So I'm really well, excited. Well, I have that. it. I have it ordered and I, I've got my stuff ready to go here. So <laughs> sure. Um, I've, geez, I've been teaching for and, and kind of working with students, adult learners since 2001 so you know we're going on almost um, two years or two years <laughs> almost two decades that was a quick two years <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it a very quick two years um i'm i'm a longhorn so you know i graduated from university of texas at austin and you know it was interesting because i i went through a lot of majors as some people do um you know i was actually pre-med for a while and then i oh, took chemistry really? yeah and and chemistry kicked my butt. And so I decided that that was not the, um, the pathway that I was going to take anymore. And then I looked at advertising for a while. Um, and I, I really liked the advertising sort of field, but those people, when I did some internships, like they, they pretty much sleep underneath their desks and that's just not kind of the life that I wanted to have. So, uh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, so, so Somehow I ended up, um, and I always have an English background. I've, I've loved writing and reading for, you know, forever. And so I, I kind of made my way into elementary education and kind of had the English background. And then I graduated and found that I don't want to teach elementary. Um, I have the utmost respect for those who do, but that is just not my, it's not my niche. So I, I ended up teaching um, secondary math and some secondary English as well. And I just fell in love. I fell in love with working with middle school students and working with high school students and adult learners and, and that kind of age group I really enjoyed working with. And so, yeah, that, that's kind of where all that came in. And then as I was teaching, I also, it was right around the time where we got Promethean boards and also like the um, Promethean tablets. And I was working in a Title I district. And so you had a lot of opportunity to do um, grants and, and things like that. And so I really wanted to get my master's in curriculum and instruction hmm. because I was finding that what I loved most about teaching, you know, obviously working with the kids and, and you know, working with my team, but designing curriculum. And I mean, I would spend weekends, you know, this was before I had my 
both of my children. Um, now I, I, <laughs> that kind of time. I, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I would spend all of my time like creating, you know, these content and these resources and things like that for my students, whether it be manipulatives or I took the uh, circumference series. Oh, I remember the, those. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they're fantastic. I, I do, that's when we bridged off the, you know, funny thing, Bridges Math. But I do remember that my first school, yes. we were still on the circumference. And that's just before we left to the Bridges Math curriculum. So, oh, yeah, wow, I remember those. So, yeah, wow. and there was like the Lady lady Die of Amateur. And like, they're all these like, they're super, anyway, you know. So Gus I use those books. <laughs> <laughs> I use those books as well as like, what's your angle, Pythagoras, and things like that. And I kind of merged, you know, the literacy with the math and, and so I, I just, I found that I loved that. So I ended up getting, long story short, I ended up getting my uh, master's in curriculum instruction and technology. And then I worked for a little while as a curriculum writer and also managing kind of a, a tech franchise company that did, like they would go into schools that didn't have a tech teacher and they would basically provide a tech teacher um, or they would, you know, do summer camps with digital microscopes, things like that. So I, I really enjoyed that, but I, I really wanted to work more closely with students and adult learners. And this was more kind of, it wasn't really my fit. So I ended up going back full time and got a job as an, like an ed tech or an instructional technology specialist or whatever name we want to use for what the role is that we do. Yeah, but. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was tech facility. I've been a coordinator. I was then that was it's, just like, he's the, he's the building tech guy. I'm like, okay, that's me. And I'm the business and tech guy. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the name seems to always change depending on the school or what, what year it is. It's, it's very interesting, but wow. What a, that's a pretty amazing there. I mean, it's like, you know, it's very interesting to talk about that background. It's like, you know, me, it was like finished my master's. Mine was straight instructional tech. And now my finished degree doctorate is curriculum and technology. So it's, it's interesting how those all go in hand. Um, you know, and that's very interesting. Cause I mean, you're, you're known as the tech chef for you. So, you know, do you, you know, you, you said how much you've loved still English and writing and so forth. And, and um, so, so where, where is, you know, where does the passion for technology co come into there too? Because I know you have some, you know, passions here from technology resources to even slam poetry. So how do those all come together to how do you use them, you know, in your classroom or in general? I mean, you do a lot, Lisa. I mean, you, you do, and God bless you for that. Because, I mean, reading your books, I'm like, wow, Lisa does a lot. <laughs> it's like, how, do, how does she do that all? Keep those passions together. Well, I mean, I think... When I was starting teaching, I was, this will just kind of give you a time frame. I, I started teaching right around the time people were building MySpace accounts, if that gives you kind of like a, a frame of reference. Oh, I, I can do that. <laughs> I, I can and, remember that. Yeah, I mean, and, and flash drives, you know, were like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I don't have to burn a CD 14 times, right. you know, to, to bring stuff back home. And so as these new tools like the Promethean and, and all these sort of things were coming out, I was seeing the power of how they could be used in the classroom. And I, I really enjoyed designing curriculum and experiences around those sort of things. And that's kind of what led me into getting my master's. It's also what led me into, you know, years later uh, when I was a ed tech or instructional technology specialist or whatever, um, we, a dear friend of mine, Yolanda Barker and I, we co-authored a book, Hot Apps for Hots. It's a free iBook, and it was kind of like, how do you, how are you using apps for higher order thinking skills? Um, you know, both, both of my books are, they're very much, you know, future ready, 
college and career readiness type skills, but I always try to make things practical and easy for people to follow. I don't, I don't want to make things more complicated. And I, I also think that I think I can't remember what book I said this in, um, <laughs> but I talked about <laughs> I I talked about being being an ed tech Kramer, and it's like I don't I don't want to be an ed tech Kramer. I don't want to just go, hey, have you heard about Haiku Deck? Right, like, that's cool. And ten years ago, everybody was like, yeah, Haiku Deck and ThingLink and all of these things, and and now we've kind of had a shift. Like, yes, these are great tools, but it's not just the tool. How yeah. are you using the tool? what tools make more sense for this particular thing over this and really having students take, you know, ownership over choosing what makes most sense for them as well. So that's a very well, long winded answer too. No, but, but I, I think it's, you raise a very good point because, you know, I, I can, you know, it's hard to believe here. It's almost 2020. I think about the, uh, you know, the lonely, you know, master's degrees intern me who was trying to find these apps and we were just trying to figure out what works for this. And I said, you know, did you, you know, did you look at, you know, keynote, did you look over at, you know, you know, you know, Google docs is kind of good for this because we have an actual desktop and it got a lot about more of the tools. And yeah, in the last several years, um, even my dissertation, we talked about what is actually the content what worked in that school you know what works in that curriculum even now me myself being a high school teacher you know i i love wakelet i love flipgrid but you know those those don't always translate to another class like i can look at it wakelet looks fantastic in my intro computers and my multimedia class i try doing it in business basic consumer ed and the kids kind of look at me like huh what this doesn't work and i said okay i'm putting our flipgrids on this so you know where it is in case you're sick from class hey we like this idea so you know that and that turns into that versus personal but you know it's like the same thing with Pear Deck my math teachers I get back from a conference and they started using quiz is and Pear Deck and of course I've been using quizzes and Pear Deck for quite a while now but at the same time you know it was you know I, I you know I fell in that trap like you know here's the tool and you could use this it would work for integration well we're not sure and then somebody said well here's how we use it for a math curriculum I said oh we can really use this in the classroom so it is it's the content I think is big I mean everybody's always said the pedagogy is always the driver for it and technology is the accelerator. I've learned that myself in the career. Um, I think it's really interesting just, you know, you know, how that comes in. Cause we, we try to do, I mean, when you, when I was reading, uh, you know, your book and you were talking about ThingLink, I said, Oh, I remember ThingLink. I use ThingLink a lot. Now I, I use it on occasion. I had a student of mine use it for an app smash for her final project. And she went, Oh, this is kind of fun. But at the same time, why don't I just hyperlink it like you do on Wakelet, Mr. Reed. And I said, you have a good point. <laughs> so it's, it's like, does it really work for the, the content for the student choice? You know, she just found it cool, but she would never see herself using it farther off versus a biology teacher who saw it said, well, I can do the other links for the pieces for part of the body for anatomy. I said, perfect for ThingLink. Go ahead, use it. You know, what's really interesting to me is just trust. Like you, you have to really build trust in a role like this. And if I was just going to start throwing random tools at people, that doesn't, I mean, it's fun to learn about new things, but at the same time, I mean, we're, we're 10 years past that huge app explosion now. And so we really have to look at like when something new comes out, is it, is it filling something that we needed? You know, is there a reason to move from this to this or is it okay to continually use what we're using? And, and not, not that it's in a stagnant way or, or, you know, in a judgmental way, but sometimes there's no reason to use anything other than Google Classroom. Google Classroom is fantastic. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, great tools that are there. So I think, I think a lot has changed within the past decade in education, especially in educational technology. And 
you know, people, people now have their favorites for certain things. You know, before I remember I would scan through the, the app store. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I could get through like the entire productivity section, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a thousand apps and I was oh, like, yeah, Oh yeah, but you would, you would scroll. I, I was there too. I did too. <laughs> I mean, I, you can't do that now. <laughs> There's no way. No, so, there, there, there isn't. I, I think, you know, I, you know, I remember going to a conference and they were talking about how many apps there were. And I was talking to EdCamp and I said, you know, there's over half a billion apps on each app store too. I remember when, you know, Apple was the main place and Google kind of started taking it over and everyone was like, oh, what about Windows? Well, Windows, we don't talk about Windows. Now it's kind of like, well, no, not really. Now you could do this or you can go to the Amazon store. I mean, there's a lot here. I was doing Bloxels and some of the kids asked, oh, Mr. Reed, do I have to have an iPad? I'm like, no, you you don't. You can have a Kindle if you want to. This Bloxels EDUs on everything. They went, oh, it's universal. I said, yes, it's universal. I think it's interesting. We kind of had to make that shift to be more curated. You know, like, you know, if you have a device, can you work it on multiple devices? I think you said it perfectly about Google Classroom. Because I've used other, you know, I've used other SSIDs. I've used Edmodo. I've used Schoology. And, you know, I've, I just have found the ones that work the most for it. I mean, I remember when I was training uh, teachers on Edmodo, scarily enough, it's going to be ten, eight years, eight years from now. And, you know, right now it's like I now go through Google Classroom. My division leader and I, I've shown her more stuff in Google Classroom. And she's really, you know, she teaches it into computers and she's Microsoft based, but she teaches a lot of kids how they curate between the devices. Like, you know, Microsoft really counts in the business and, and career world, but at the same time is learning how to curate so you know how to transfer them and duff. Because we have students that don't really understand how to use their Gmail. And I mean, communication, they're so very stuck on just instant messaging. But I'm saying you can't just always instant message somebody, someone. You got to know how to write things and I had I had students we used to do we do a Friday you know email the parent guardian email and I have a lot of students that send it without without a title and I said guys that's not gonna work like what do you mean it's like, it has no subject line so then it's gonna get deleted or sent to your parents spam me I was like well I sent them a document like and what did you do I said what do you mean you left it untitled what well that means it might be error that's why I keep telling you guys stop leaving them untitled they you know, we have a lot of students, they, they feel they, they're ready for technology, but they don't quite know how to really utilize the technology. And I think it's really interesting about, you know, you were talking about student ownership. And I think that's kind of a, kind of a thing. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, especially, you know, being a curriculum specialist that you are. I mean, I, everything you've said, you know, I encounter at the high school level too. You know, I'm constantly helping students get, you know, this particular document from this you know device to this device to then get it printed if it needs to be printed and so you know i think i don't think we can prepare them for everything i don't i don't think that's possible no, but i, don't I think, think so either i mean i i just don't but I, I do think that it's important to what we can do is kind of talk about the you know the social emotional learning skills of you know self-management skills and things like that i think we can teach them you know, oral and written communication skills that they can use in any tool. I think you can kind of build in techniques for digital organizations so those will transfer to whatever tools they're using and also just problem solving skills. You know, they have to be able to problem solve, you know, they can't, you know, okay, well, I've tried this. I mean, honestly, and and I know you can relate to this. Why, Why do I know the things that I know? Because I just sit there and I go, huh, that doesn't work. Let's turn it off. Huh, yep. that doesn't work. Let me flip this switch. <laughs> that doesn't work. Let me unplug this and then plug this back in. Okay, now I'm going to call so-and-so. <laughs> and so you just kind of have that, it's just, it's just problem-solving skills. And so 
I think building that in where it's, you shouldn't feel bad about that. There's no possible way in this day and age that we're going to know everything about everything. There's just not. No. So it's okay. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, just talking to people and saying, and and that's why I, I try to be really authentic when I talk to students and say, look, I don't, I don't have all the answers. I, I certainly am not perfect, you know, and, and this, this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to try. If it doesn't work, then we'll try this, you know, and, and kind of giving them and also telling them, Hey, if it doesn't work next time, try this, this, and this, and, and kind of giving them a little bit more of those strategies as well. And, you know, and you bring up a great point to our next question. You're talking about strategies and students. So, you know, journaling, you know, you, you, you we know you really well with generally from your technical resources to, you know, your little pieces here, you know, I know you were talking in your book about pixels. And of course, as we know, you know, there, there, there's my year in pixels. I think it'll look a little better on the, on the new journal. I know how bad I am with pixels, but so, you know, how, you know, how did those passions come about you? You know, and I know you love to read, but really, you know, journaling is a big thing now. And we have lots of students that should journal, but don't know how to journal. We try them to blog, they don't blog, but you know, we tell them the sketch note and they have a problem saying, I don't draw. I mean, what, what, where is that, you know, passion that you, you know, you have found that you can, you know, you, you show examples in the classroom. I mean, get some notes here, but let's hear it from Lisa Johnson's side of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've always loved to journal. I mean, I, I kept journals from fourth grade on. Um, they had like the little key and the diary and everything. And, and a and screwdriver even, to break them. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and then, and even in high school, I remember I would journal like every day and it was just talking about, you know, what we did. And it was fun too, because I would bring them to school. And I don't, I don't know if you remember the there's a friends episode where Phoebe um, is keeping a journal. Oh, I think and- I do. We're big friends house. My wife has all, all 10 seasons too. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So there's an episode where um, Chandler and Monica are planning to go to a movie and I guess Phoebe's like writing some fictional story about them, but like changing their names. And so she knows oh, yes, that they're yes. going to she knows they're going to miss the movie because she's documented everything. Yeah, she's been putting all that in. <laughs> I, can't I can't think of its name. I don't know if it was like the one with the journal or one with Phoebe's story. It's one of the it's 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 one of those names. But yes. Well, and so you know, even even in high school, you know, I was the one who always kept kind of the it's a word for that. Um, can't think of it. No, it's not an art historian, but like I, I was almost the historian of our, our group okay. too. You know, I could tell you, you know. There you go. Documentarian. Yeah, or, I don't know. Oh, anyway. actually, recorder, recorder. Uh, FBLA, so I, we call the recorder. recorder. Yeah, recorder. <laughs> yeah, that, get, get, there's a reason why I have future business leaders of America. You know, get, get, get the position. It's, <laughs> it's all good. I mean, and then I've, I've always kept scrapbooks, too. Um, I have at least 12, like, two-inch binders um, with just sheet protectors, and I would just put in movie stubs and, you know, movie posters and you know, magazine pullouts that I thought were interesting at the time, like Doogie Hauser or, you know, whatever. Ah, Doogie. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm dating myself now. Um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Excuse Yeah. I've, my nieces and nephews are in their twenties now, late teens. And they kind of look at me like, Hen, you, you're old uncle, Ryan. I'm like, yeah, I've been around. I've been around. I'm, I, I'm, I'm experienced. That's what I tell my kids. I'm not old. I'm experienced. <laughs> You know, I, I, I scrapbook too. I, I have a couple over there on the back shelf. If you can see me the camera and you know, I have some other, couple other ones there. I mean, 
more, you know, my wife's a scrapbook person, but yeah, we, we got, I used to keep things. I did plays or so I would keep the plays. I'd see a movie. Yep. I, I have my tickets for my movie. I think I have my, I think I have my tickets from, um, was the, yeah, when I, when I graduated high school, I went and saw the original Independence Day. So my intended, I have like the little pieces of my graduation stuff, including the ticket and the fold. And then on the next side, it says Independence Day. Like, why is that there? It's like, it's one of the big movies I went and saw right after I graduated. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did that. I did that too. I, I think it's very interesting about, you know, how to be archival and as you said, reflective in the process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, bigger thing we always talk about is, you know, everybody says, you know, you have an acronym. What is the X? What is the X in pixel? I said, it's X factor. So I've, I always tell people, I do this every episode. I said, you know, I am a crafter. That is, that is my X factor. I craft, I build, I do things electronically, digitally, pieces, perler beads, all the fun stuff. But, you know, what, what do you believe is that expert is your one true gift that you bring to the classroom every day, Lisa? Well, I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I think it's, I too, like you, I'm, I'm kind of a crafter, a creator. And I think when I'm working with students and, and when I'm working just with adult learners, I always try to be really authentic and relatable. Um, I mean, I talk about my own anxiety. I talk about what works for me. I talk about how that impacts social media, you know, what I do with digital distractions. I talk about my ADD. And, and I think that's really important to not kind of, gloss over those things. I mean, when you're, when you're relatable and you're human, nobody's perfect. I am certainly not perfect. Um, and, and so that's, I think that's important. I think the other thing that I, I feel really passionately about is just always starting with the why, you know, why does this matter? Why should you care about note-taking? Why should you care about, you know, email etiquette or college and career readiness skills or self-management or what, whatever those things are? Um, I, I think, and, and with every single one of the chapters of both of my books, I, I started with kind of like, this is why this even matters, whether it be the research or the, you know, ethos, pathos, logos, all of those sort of things. But I, but I also try not to be prescriptive too. And I think mm. that's, that's important. I don't think there's, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not out there, you know, peddling my wares in, in such a fashion <laughs> that it's like a, like a pyramid scheme. Like it's right. not, it's not about that. I mean, I, you know, there are certain things that work for certain people. There are other things that work for other people. And I think just being aware of all of those things and trying them, you know, that I think that's kind of the pathway to success. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, when you have really, I mean, I know I talked to some of my students too, and they have issues and stuff. And I said, you know, you know, hey, I have, you know, I have, I have neurological syncope. I have, you know, my blood pressure. And so I think when they can relate to you, uh, especially one thing, you kind of create that classroom culture and it does help do with, I saw it much more in my multimedia classes this semester than I did my other class, but I think there was a lot more relatability, especially when they saw me having problems with things not working or shifting gears and so forth. It, it was really interesting how they were able to bring out that. I, we, we had my students create, podcasts this year for one of their projects and you know a lot of them brought out some really amazing things I'd never thought or heard from them and they were just like well you know you talked about your things and we talked about ours so I think it's really nice that they were saying I like you know I'm not just teaching you just to learn something I want you to actually look deep in yourself and I think when they saw when I was taking the stakes they would be more stakeful too instead of like oh you're just the teacher telling me these things it's not really going to happen I said no it's no it's not no, I'm trying to bring out in you too so I 
<laughs> see you do that. So, you know, going back, you know, you know, Lee, you know, Lisa, I remember when I first f- saw you on Twitter, it was Tony Vincent, you know, good old Tony. We'd like to do a shout out out of him. I think I'll get Tony on here eventually one of these days. Um, but, you know, I, I you know, you used a lot of technology innovation. So just how did you become the tech chef? You know, with the, you know, I remember your old icon had you with the little hat on and everything too. So it's like, you know, how did you, how did you become the, how did you become the tech chef for you? Cause I, 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 like I said, I, I ended up bookmarking your webpage and I think I was at like every other week I would be at your Tony's side or I'd be at your side or I'd be like Felix Jamico or I was checking out some other people especially when I got to teach like a pirate so you know how did you become this whole tech chef here and sharing out to the world first of all Tony Vincent is amazing I think I met him in 2012 at mobile learning and that was an awesome, awesome event. It was, re- it, well, just like the way he does things, his personality, oh, yeah. his he, Tony like, just, he's just, he, yeah, he lights up the room. Tony, if you're listening, you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> so, and I've actually, I used to have a, a podcast and I had had him on after the podcast as well. And then kind of talking to him and, and all of that. I digress though. So anyway, um, Tech Chef came about because I I had been working at an educational technology company. I'd taken a few years off um, to be home with my first son. And when I did that, you know, I was kind of coming back into kind of an ed tech full-time sort of position. And they had websites that you would have to build basically to share out your resources for teachers. The problem right. is, and, and they would be, they would be like Blogster or Blabberize and, you know, you would, yeah, I remember Glogster. stagnant websites, and they were just really bad. Yeah, oh, what Glogster was like the thing. It um, was my 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 my, my classmate. She's you know we still talk to each other on Twitter. She she was the one who talked about Glogster. I had never even heard of it, and we were like, this is kind of awesome. And you know, I had one of my um, fourth grade teachers using Glogster for a little while too when I was at uh, Richmond Intermediate before I went to Christian Life's. But yeah, they they I remember when Glogster was really the big piece. And I remember when, you know, Blabberize here, we, we use Blabberize right now. Of course, this will be the last semester since <laughs> Chrome is not going to keep Flash anymore. I said, well, I'm going to have to think of something else now. But yeah, that that's a thing right there. I mean, sometimes they go out of date. Some last forever and yeah. some they, they don't they don't keep up with the times. Yeah, I mean, so so what was happening was I was trying to curate content for people and for my teachers and for professional development. And the website was horrendously awful um, for that particular purpose. <laughs> and so I had a friend of mine who, uh, Yolanda Barker at the time was creating some edgy blogs. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I really like, cause you can search things, you can categorize, you can tag. I was like, this is kind of what I want. And so, you know, that's kind of what led me into starting the WordPress blog, I think that the difference was I didn't want it to be an edge of blogs because I wanted to have ownership over it. Because when you leave a school district and you're just building and curating all of this content, your website shut off for yeah everybody and, yes. you know, including yourself. And I just didn't want to put all that effort into something that would not only be gone for me, but would be gone for everybody who was, you know, looking at those resources. So Long story short, I ended up creating, uh, using a WordPress site, creating Tech Chef for you. And, and kind of the, the whole Tech Chef thing is, you know, cause you got to have like a moniker. Mm. Um, and, and technology was obviously something, but I didn't want to be like the iPad chef because right. I, knew, I knew that it wasn't going to just be a technology. I mean, technology could be a pencil. It could be, you know, anything. It could, it could be a computer. It could be an iPad. 
And so I, I really wanted to kind of keep it generic so it would kind of stand the test of time. And then chef is because you and I both know, um, I love yeah. creating things, you know, I, I love cooking up things for other people. And that's kind of where the for you sort of came out. It wasn't, I'm not just going to tell you things. It's like my, my ultimate goal is always to create and share resources that other people can use. Right. I, I remember when I started my blog and I'll dice up the classroom and I'm keeping it up here and it's, you know, I even got an email the other day saying like, Oh, celebrating 10 years on, on WordPress. I'm like, wow, it's been 10 years. But um, one of my biggest thing was when I first did it, I, I didn't want to do it. I, I, I was new to the to, new to the school I was at. I didn't know if I was going to stay there, uh, depending on whatever reason for what X, Y, and Z. So I had to make sure I was kept there. So I, I, I decided to keep it going and I try to make it more relevant. I'm hoping to get a major overhaul. I know your website's had an overhaul too. So it's ditch that textbook and Tony's learning hand has. I, Dice up needs a, needs a, just needs an update because it, it's gone beyond just like, you know, here's an iPad, here's a Chromebook, you know, here's doing, it's like, no, no, no. I have resources. I have templates. I have other things. I have personal, I have book reviews. I have the podcast now. It, it, it's like, it, it stays with technology, but it does keep with the content in the area. So I have to keep that up because I can't guarantee. I mean, two of my schools I left were not by choice. They were by budget cuts. You know, if I, and a lot yeah. of my stuff I took with me and a lot of stuff I had to leave there, but once I had left and everything was shut down, it was gone. All my Gmail, my Google drive, they were gone. I, I, Absolutely. you know, I had to do that. I mean, even now I try to keep things going. And of course my personal Gmail I'm on right now, I know it's getting full of right here from all the content I use. Though good news is I'm not going, hopefully not going anywhere anytime soon here. So, you know, that's a really interesting thing. Cause you're talking about, you know, keeping that great and the enthusiasm. So, you know, what, what, you know, how are you creating that enthusiasm, you know, with learning experience in the classroom there? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> that wasn't planned. I recently discovered, which, which is no surprise to anybody who actually knows me, um, after my youngest son was diagnosed with ADD, I was like, oh, hmm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I get, I get bored really quickly. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't the type of person who would, you know, be, be disruptive in class. I've always been like kind of a teacher pleaser and that sort of, but I was like, if I wasn't interested, I'm going to zone off and do something else. And so knowing that about myself, like even reading directions, like I, I never read directions for anything. <laughs> it's awful. Um, I still read them. I just, I just skim them now. That's what I do. I was the kid who would open up his new video game for Christmas. Like, Ooh, I got a new Nintendo game. And I'd be like, I want to read what everything does. And my friends look at me like, why are you doing that? And I'd be like, no, it's like, okay, he does that. B does. No, especially my, my son's the same way. He looks through the guide really quick on his Nintendo switch. He's like, okay, B does this. R does. Okay, I'm done. I'm ready. Let's play this game. And you know, he's off and running. Hey, he beat Luigi's Mansion 3 for two weeks so he's definitely taking after me and you know he does have adhd too so you know it's, he does get the board it's his interest and his distractions so i know but at the same time it's keeping that enthusiasm i see your cat is about as nosy <laughs> as my dog that's why she's not in here always yeah. having her nose right here in the camera like who's this who's this <laughs> well i had to move to a different room so they were <laughs> she's awake but well so so really you know i'm i'm totally random you know i'll I'll say something that doesn't make sense to the thing I said earlier, but it totally makes sense because there were four jumps in my head that right. happened. Me too. And, oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I, I know that about myself and I know that there are other people out there that also, you know, they just want something that's practical. They want something that's easy to use and they want something that has like a little bit of like fun and whimsy to it and, you know, to kind of keep them interested. And so I think, I think that's, where I come in, you know, I, I want to make sure things are practical. 
but I also want to have fun with it. And I don't right. want it to be, I don't want it to be boring. And I think the other thing that I've always tried to do with Tech Chef for you and just anything that I do is I'm not showing you cost prohibitive tools and I'm not going to show you, you know, Photoshop. I'm sure somebody is great at Photoshop. God bless them. And I wish that maybe, <laughs> maybe I was, but I'm not. And, and, you know, in, in reality, I'm trying to show tools that have a very low threshold to get into, but a very high ceiling for what you can do with Right. And I think that's a great point too. I mean, same thing here, what I've shown him like with Google drawings or slides or when I, you know, had them go to Canva. Um, I've loved Canva for a long time. And when I have them go into it now, they really just, you know, they come alive. It's amazing what they can do with Canva. So they really enjoy that. But, you know, I get my other ones where some students say, oh, I didn't know that. My division leader, I, we just started doing more Google Maps using the Pegman stuff. I have students now that will check things. I had a couple that said, you know, I, I was looking at place that said, I want to live in this place in Tennessee. And they started checking. They're like, wow, if I live here, there's nothing around. I said, well, yeah, but there's such a far you can go with, with Google Maps. Back in my day, it's like, okay, we had to look for a house. Can you afford it with a job you want? Great. But now it's like, now you can actually check. And I had a student a couple years ago who looked at it and said, well, I love this house. And he turned the map around. He said, I don't think I want to go a mile south. And I said, I don't think you want to be going a mile north either. <laughs> but it's amazing the tools, like you said, come in, come in low, but they, they can take you so far. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's shift gears there, get out of the technology. Let's talk about your books. First of all, congratulations on both there. I know that was, that you know, I've published books too, but you've really published some great books here. So how did they come about and what went both uh, into them? And then how did you differentiate both? I haven't read in Colvate in the classroom yet. I've got it coming. It won't be here for about a week, but really, how did you differentiate? I've always wanted to write books. I mean, I just, I felt kind of called to do that. Not not in like a weird way, but I've just, I've always, I've always enjoyed writing and I've always enjoyed, you know, kind of that's, that's how I process things. So a dear friend of mine, Rafrans Davis had me write a vignette in her book, The Missing Voices in EdTech, which was published with Corwin mm -hmm. and her editors, Ariel, who then became my editor for um, the first book, which was Cultivating Communication in the Classroom. So what happened was Ariel had contacted me and she said, Hey, you know, I've looked at your blog. I've seen kind of some of your stuff what, what would you like to write about? What do you feel like is your expertise? And I originally said presentation skills, but they didn't feel like they could make an entire book out of presentation skills. Right. Um, and so I said, well, let, let's play around with some things. And, and, you know, a few years ago, college and career ready communication skills, oral and written communication skills. And, and not, not that they're gone away, but that was no. very much a, a focus. And it was a district focus. What I was finding was, I felt like it was more than just oral and written skills. I was like, we're not talking about nonverbal skills. We're not talking about, you know, how, how do you communicate your skills through a resume and an online presence? And, and what are you communicating through social media and curation? And so that's kind of how all of those sort of things came about. So yes, oral and written communication skills, but there's so much more than just what we're writing and what we're saying. And so that's, that's really where that kind of, whole process came about. And then with the second one, you know, it's, it's funny. I had been, I had just written the first one and <laughs> so you've got, yes, you've got the second one and actually you're in the first book. Um, yes. I didn't know that too. You told me the other day on, on Instagram, like I am what? <laughs> See what happens yeah. when, I when I read one book out of order? <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Well, I mean, you don't have to read them in order, but uh, <laughs> you, you used to do, and I, I haven't seen them in a while, but you used to do the so in chapter four, I talk about projects and publishing in the first book. And it was more about 
you know, we, we can't have them do these coat hanger mobile projects. No, like no, you really can't. Or, or trifold poster boards. Like this is not a reality for anybody beyond, you know, us. And so I started looking at like HubSpot and, and different things. And, and what are people creating for their jobs? You know, it could be beat sheets for Netflix. It could be, you know, like you had where it was the app dice and, and yes, that was yes. being created for Seesaw. And so looking at like what type of artifacts, whether they be analog or digital, you know, what are people creating in different fields? And so that's kind of what would led me to um, include your example as well as a variety of other ones. So the second book, I had finished obviously the first book and it was published and um, I had started kind of journaling. I had been doing that for a while and I had also looked at just kind of some of the things that I was playing around with and and, you know, kind of the analog. And, and I'd been finding myself doing a lot more sessions with students on note-taking skills and just self-management skills, digital distraction, organization, all of those sort of things. And so I had talked to Dave and I said, I want this to be kind of, it's, I want it to be whimsical. I kind of wanted to have an Alice in Wonderland theme. And I know that you're the only person who this is going to get pulled off with, with, with this, like, this is what I want. I wanted to have an Alice in Wonderland theme. Right. <laughs> and so I, you know, you send him kind of the, the chapter outlines, the two chapters um, and, and an introduction. And I had started writing a, a blog series that was called Scrap Notes. And I haven't, I haven't finished it yet. I do intend to go back and finish it, but it okay. was starting out of like, what am I doing? This is how I take professional notes. This is how I take notes. This is how I, you know, learn from what I'm reading. And, and so that kind of all evolved into, but it's not just about me. It's about what are we doing with our students and, and what can we do for our students? And so there's a duality there of, yes, everything in creatively productive you could use for yourself, but I want it to be more than that because I'm always designing for teachers to use content with either students or adult learners or whatever that is. And so a lot, everything in there could be used, you know, whether you're teaching in a classroom or you're teaching adult learners, or you just wanted some ideas for, you know, how, how to kind of make sense of what you're doing, you know, what you're reading or goal setting or things like that. So I hope, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. I mean, cause right after I got this book, I almost immediately like ran, uh, you saw my one, especially with the rubber band model and the making models when I was teaching. Oh yeah. Horrorship, you know, it was my first year and I'm, you know, I'm doing some changes here cause I'm about to start again in a few more weeks. But I mean, I just threw this out and I had so many students that were just like, Oh, I'm kind of glad around. This has really helped me organize. And it, it, you could see a lot of the students who did very well in the class. They got more organized. I had a lot of, you know, lower end students where they kind of really saw that. And they're like, oh, you're right. What is pulling me? But what is it I want to do? Or like, well, I don't know how to go about this. And wait, when does this do? It's, you know, they, they started taking it. But yeah, there was a lot. It was amazing. I could throw this into practice, like, you know, right away. I mean, I thought of your journaling, but it was. I mean, I, I'm a folks here, folks. I'm not drugging up here to, to say anything with Lisa, but I, I ended up getting this and I threw it into practice like immediately here. So, you know, I, I thank you for that resource there, but yeah, I'm glad you did. Sometimes we have a problem. I mean, some of these books are out and sometimes it's, it's straight to the teacher or it's something you've heard 3000 times. I picked a couple of books up from an ed camp for free 
and I read the book and I like flew through it because I'm like, I've read this, I've done this stuff, you know. And then I've had ones like, oh wait, oh no, I haven't done. Oh, I, ooh, hey, yeah, ooh, gotta, you know, I gotta take some notes. I gotta, I gotta bookmark. I gotta put Pete the Cat here, you know. I gotta <laughs> do a couple more pieces and like gotta I go back to cat. this. So <laughs> it, it's, it, it's one thing about creative productivity is like it really, it really did help a lot with the classroom. So you know, I thank you for that. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is sometimes I write these books and you don't know who the audience is. Sometimes it is for the teacher. I just finished Illuminate here recently by Diana and you know there were, there were some tech tools I've gone through a couple yeah of, I have that couple, I have that book <laughs> and there are a couple where it's like oh I never knew about this or oh I didn't think about using it in that way so it, you know it's like those are the chapters like immediately like that's talking to me and I've got I think I can use this in the classroom so and there's a couple like I was talking with my two co-workers and they were saying like why well, do that now I don't think I want to throw that out at them too I'm like no I, I absolutely agree because I don't think it'll work there but I think this would work here and they went Oh, you know what? I didn't think of that. That's a good point. So I, I think that's what's so great about a lot of the books, especially what comes out with both I Impress and DBC and Edgy Gladiators. We get something for everybody and you you see it and you can actually put it into practice right away. So and so it's like thank you for doing that <laughs> and writing that all out. And while we're on and we're talking about leadership here, so you know it's very important education. What do you think you know, what do you look for students to find their leadership opportunities and really helping students become leaders? Because we do want students to be, you know, in charge of their own learning. How do you how do you, you know, find that to have more leaders versus followers? Well, I mean, I, I work pretty closely with, I don't have, and I'll clarify, I don't have my own students. Um, I, you know, work with a variety of students all the time, different classrooms. I also work with teachers and, you know, I'll work with a lot of career and technology education classes as well. You know, we have a, a business incubator class, we have mentorship classes and things like that. And so, you know, I think just looking at teaching those college and career readiness SEL type standards are really, really important because I don't think they're getting taught. And I think in the long run, those are the skills that are going to manifest, you know, success and things like that. Yes, calculus is wonderful. You know, yes, all of these sort of things are, but, but to be successful and to be a leader, you know, you, you do have to know what you want. You have to be able to set goals. You have to be able to manage your time. You have to be able to manage your stress. Um, you have to be able to talk to people and you have to be able to communicate effectively with people. And, and I think those are really important skills. And I think those are kind of where, where my, my sort of, I say niche, but you know, niche, whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's kind of where, where I, I reside most of the time is just looking at what do they need to be successful that is beyond the content that I can provide to them and, and that they can kind of make their own and, and be aware of those things that, that are vital for their success. So I, I, think, I think that's kind of where I like to stay is kind of in that Castle's SEL sort of range and, and kind of college and career ready, future ready type standards. You are talking my language on that. So thank you for thank you for telling me that I'm actually doing things right too. Because that's what I'm. Mean. I work a lot with Karaj and Career Ready too with business and tech. So, but thank you for that. But yeah, that, that's amazing. I agree. I, I think it is very hard to do. Like I'm right now reading, you know, um, you know, Classroom Collaboration by Troy Miar, and you know, we were talking about the difference about trying to find leaders and ships and doing what, who's not a follower in his case, who's a you know, make sure you don't have hogs and logs, people that are hogging all the materials and do it all, or people are just following 
following around, let other people do the work for them. But I think it's creating the leadership for things. So, but thank you for that. Well, I think we've made it into our time one here. So this has been pretty amazing. So, you know, I, you know, thanks Lisa. So is there anything you want to add to us to the pixel classroom podcast before we, uh, we call it a Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, um, I have to tell you that um, the Virgin River series on Netflix is pretty amazing. And if you're looking for another um, just nice, nice, happy sort of, you know, go, well, not happy, go lucky, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I love watching shows that are based off of books and this one's based off a book series. So I'm going to try to run out to the library and get the book series, but I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with that right now. I understand. We're actually, about, <laughs> we're actually heading to the library soon as we don't finish recording here. So that's actually, but I think I'll check that out. We're, we're, we just finally got our other ones caught up and we're finishing Fuller House right now. So I think we oh, try that. Oh yeah. So far it's been good. We've only gotten one episode under our belts. It's, you know, like I said, Christmas, crazy time right now but so far so good but the rest of them don't drop till march i found out so the final season yeah. doesn't really wrap up till march but you know i'm trying to get into it. i haven't i haven't had a chance to watch mandalorian here i went and saw you know force you know you know rise of skywalker today so i need i need to get caught up on my streaming services before my birthday in yes yes so. well and and miss mazel too oh i oh i heard about that one it's Actually, so my, good my, my sister-in-law seen that one I, I i gotta look into that she told me about that one i, I gotta look into fantastic that. see that's why i gotta go to also lisa she's not only tech chef for you she's netflix for you so you know <laughs> <laughs> yes that's netflix for you anyhow so i want to thank you again lisa for being part of the uh, pixel classroom podcast today if you want to learn more about lisa's books here creative Pro productive or cultivating classroom culture. You can look for her books on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or at the, you know, DaveBurgers.com. You also can check her out on Twitter at Tech Chef for You as well as her website. And I would like to uh, thank everyone here for the, uh, has been listening to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Remember we are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, Breaker, po Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Yes, that is a lot of places, but we're all here, all for here for 2019 and into 2020. If you want to hear more, please think of subscribing and please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, also leave us a voicemail. I always like to hear voicemails from viewers to listen to uh, how we're doing and what they want to hear more from the podcast. So I want to thank you again, listeners and uh we'll talk to you later on the pixel classroom podcast and lisa thank you so much for being on today yeah thanks for having me it's been you a blast you're welcome it has been a blast i know